Thanks so much for being here. You are listening to episode number one of the Wellness Real Estate Podcast. Today, we are going to touch base on exactly what wellness real estate is and why it's so important for you as an agent to learn all about it. I'm Sheila Alston, your host, and I'm so glad you're here because you are in for a real treat. Today, we're going to cover what is wellness real estate exactly? What is the difference between a healthy home, a wellness home, and a green home? And what is a wellness agent? So get ready for a real estate podcast like you've never heard before. Let's grow. Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast, where we explore a unique strategy no one is talking about that will enable you to engage more people with authentic conversations about your business more often. And it's called Wellness Real Estate. Not sure what that is or how it can help you as an agent? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. In fact, Wellness Real Estate is growing so rapidly that it is projected to be nearly $870 billion by 2027. I'm Sheila Alston, and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Healthy Home Media, where I help agents all over the country leverage this new trend in the industry to spark new conversations that will get people to listen to you and notice your brand. So if you're tired of spinning your wheels without any leads or sales to show for it, then stay tuned. I guarantee this podcast is not like any you've heard before. Welcome to the Wellness Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back. So what is wellness real estate exactly? The Global Wellness Institute defines wellness real estate as homes that are proactively designed and built to support the holistic health of their residents. Wellness community is a group of people living in close proximity who share common goals, interests, and experiences in proactively pursuing wellness across its many dimensions. So over the last 20 years, there have been communities that were developed not necessarily with the idea of becoming a wellness community, since that wasn't even a thing, but a community that is more than just a collection of homes. Neighborhoods like Serenby, located outside of Atlanta, Georgia, started out that way. Steve Nygren had bought a farm outside of Atlanta and enjoyed the nature around him so much, he enjoyed the quality of life that he was providing his children that when urban sprawl started to threaten his home, he took action and created a neighborhood in the woods called Serenby that had the residents' well-being in mind. Things like trails, sidewalks, a walkable village, arts, an organic farm are thoughtfully planned to promote a healthier way of life. Since then, Serenby has become the first agrihood and has inspired so many other wellness communities across the country. But here's the thing. Not everyone can live in Serenby or other wellness communities. So what are the rest of us supposed to do? What if there isn't a wellness community next to me? These things are things that I was thinking about and where I see the wellness real estate industry evolving to, to including not just new development, but the idea that the industry can help create change. As a real estate professional, we can help guide and lead the way for existing homeowners to live healthier, more comfortable and joyful lives and to help them realize that feeling that they're looking for in a new home isn't just about the number of bedrooms and bathrooms. There's so much more that we can tap into. So what's the difference between a healthy home, a wellness home, and a green home? So what does a healthy home actually mean? Is it a green home that we're talking about or a wellness home? Sometimes I think it could be pretty confusing. So I'm going to cover all the differences that you'll see between the three and also give you 10 basic fundamentals of a healthy home. Healthy is just one of those words that has a lot of different meanings to different people. And in fact, with nutrition, there can be a huge disparity between the beliefs people have of what is healthy and what is not. Luckily, when you're talking about home health, there isn't much contradicting science that I know of 
And there are some terms that can be confusing, but they don't necessarily mean the same thing. So first, let's discuss what is a green home, because that's really not anything new. I'm going to keep it pretty high level, so this podcast isn't hours long. The focus of a green home is sustainability and energy efficiency. There's also some emphasis on quality, air quality, and water quality. The Residential Energy Services Network, or ResNet, created a home energy rating system, or HERS index, which has a scale where zero is a net zero home. The Department of Energy developed a home energy score, the HES, <coughs> excuse me, scale, and it is a one to 10 score where the higher score indicates lower energy use. I've been told that the HERS index is often used in newer homes where the HES scale is typically used for existing homes. We could dive deep on this, on all the scales, and I'm really not an expert on them. So I'll have to invite someone who is on, who is an expert on a future episode. My point is to simply share that there are rating scales that have been established for many years that can help homeowners understand how efficient their home currently is and to even help them take out larger mortgage loans since they will have lower utility costs. Next week, we'll have someone on the show to discuss more about green mortgages, so be sure to listen for that episode. Home certifications like Pearl Certification help realtors market their high-performance listings. They give points for each high-performing asset and provide marketing materials and even include green appraisers addendum that require the lender to use the green appraiser when valuing the home. A healthy home is a little more basic than a green home, in my opinion, and it's focused on overall family well-being. There are going to be some green features in a healthy home for sure, but it looks at home health from a different lens. By noting the features and amenities of the home that are considerate of family well-being rather than just energy efficiency and sustainability. For instance, there are more ways to remove toxins out of your home than just by looking at air and water. And I believe there are 10 basic principles of a healthy home. The first eight are standard requirements, which are pretty much aligned with building codes. But the last two are the extra ideas and ways to take it to the next level, a home that is supportive of health and well-being. I'd like to think of a wellness house as a healthy home that's really taken to the next level. So depending on the added amenities and features you put in your home, no two wellness homes will be the same. But the point is that there's thoughtful design around the home supporting wellness. We could dive deep into each of these 10, but I'll have to save this for future episodes so that we stay on track. So let's look at the 10 basic principles of a healthy home. Like I said, there are eight standard requirements and the last two are going to be the ones that help us determine whether or not you consider your home to be green or designed for wellness. First on the list is knowing um, or is having a clean home. This is basic, but very important because dirt and grime isn't, un isn't just unsightly, but it can actually promote all sorts of health problems if you let it in. According to the National Sanitation Foundation, a kitchen sponge stays wet and moist with plenty of food for bacteria to eat. In the NSF study, 86% of sponges had mold and yeast. 77% contained coliform bacteria and 18% were filled with staph bacteria. That's so gross. And many types of bacteria can double every 20 minutes. Potentially one bacteria can multiply to more than 30,000 in five hours and to more than 16 million in eight hours. This isn't meant to gross you out other than just to bring awareness of how even though we can't see germs right away, they're likely there. So it's really important for our health to keep things clean. Benefits of having a clean home are less stress, cleaning gets you moving, 
and you might eat healthier, you get sick less frequently. Number two is a dry home. Moisture creates a favorable environment for mites, rodents, molds, and roaches, all of which are associated with asthma. Here are some startling stats. Seven million deaths per year are linked to indoor and outdoor air pollution from the World Health Organization in 2014. Of the 21.8 million people reported to have asthma in the US, approximately 4.6 million cases are estimated to be attributed to dampness and mold exposure in the home. At least 45 million buildings in the United States have unhealthy levels of mold. Infants who are exposed to mold in their living environments have nearly a three times greater risk of becoming asthmatic than those who do not have extensive mold exposure in their first year of life. Wow. On average, professional mold remediation costs $500 to $6,000, but the price can soar into the tens of thousands if the problem is severe. So it's really important not to let mold get out of hand and to check out for issues before they become issues. We can do a whole episode on mold too. So for today, we won't really go there. I just wanted to let you know that a healthy home is a dry, mold-free home. Okay, so number three is ventilated home. Indoor air quality studies show that proper air circulation improves the air quality, reducing the risk for asthma and other respiratory health problems. Air sealing techniques can reduce air leakage and trap contaminants in the home. Ventilation helps control moisture, so there are three types of strategies, natural, spot, and whole house. Natural would be things like opening up your windows and doors, and spot would be like exhaust fans in your bathroom and over your range or cooktop. Whole house operations can vary, but there are about four, so I would suggest that you or your clients who are having any humidity issues or not enough circulation in your home, just call a certified HVAC technician so they can come and service your systems. It would be, it could be that they're just nearing the end of their useful life. When a furnace hits the 15 to 20 year mark, it's time to think about replacing. Pilot lights can keep going out if you have increased energy bills or even uneven heating, those are also signs that you might need to replace your furnace. Or if you hear loud noises, new furnaces can have smart home features and super energy efficient as compared to ones that are 20 years old. So they will likely save money in your heating and cooling bills. Signs that it's time to replace your AC unit um, is when it's more than 10 years old, if it's leaking refrigerant, uh, if it's uncomfortable, warm or humid inside, if it's noisy when operating, or if it's increasing your electricity costs for the same amount of usage. So same goes for the AC units. They're going to be much more efficient if you um, purchase one that's newer, of course, than one that is 10 or 15 years old. I think that it's not very common to fix what's broke, what isn't broken, but homeowners don't know that the initial cost of buying new will pay for itself in comfort and lower energy bills going forward. Number four, a safe home. Most childhood injuries occur at home with falls, poisoning, and burns being the three most common. Even adults and especially elderly adults will want to take measures to ensure our homes stay safe to avoid injury. As many as 62,000 deaths occur each year in the home from poisoning, gas chemicals, and drug overdoses. The next leading cause are falls, and it's the number one cause of death for those 65 and older. We can educate our audience to child-proof keep toxic chemicals out of the house or up high and away from children, have door alarms or pool covers to keep your children safe from drowning, check for trip hazards to keep elderly people safe, remove clutter and make sure that there aren't electrical cords or throw rugs that might cause them to trip, 
Arrange furniture so there's plenty of room for walking and put essential items within reach for them. Add grab bars inside and outside of the bathtub, bathtub and shower. Put railings on both sides of the stairs to make sure it's um, safe for them to go up and down the stairs and have adequate lighting indoor, indoors and on outdoor walkways. Okay, so now we are on to number five, which is a toxin-free home. While it may be extremely difficult to completely remove 100% of the toxins in our home environment, it's a good idea to become aware of the contaminants and to take measures to eliminate them as much as possible. Homes have many potential contaminant exposure risks, including lead, radon, pesticides, volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, tobacco smoke, carbon monoxide, and asbestos. This one is such a big topic, and I'm going to do a whole other episode to dive deep on what toxins are and the strategies to remove them. I'll have to get Amanda Klecker, who is a home inspector and home biologist in Minnesota, on the show. She writes a column for um, my Wellness Lifestyle magazine every single month. It's called Wellness RE, and she um, has been a speaker at my summit for Wellness Real Estate that I had last month, too. So she's an expert on all this stuff, and we're going to have to bring her on the show for sure. So for today, I'm just going to say that a healthy home is one that is low in toxins so that we don't get sick in our own homes. Okay, so now we are on to number six, which is a well-maintained home. Neglected homes are at exposed risk for moisture, pest, and accidental injury. As realtors, we all know that buyers want a well-maintained home, so it's important for us to educate on all the reasons why maintaining your home is a great idea. And did you know that every dollar spent on maintenance saves the homeowner $100 spent on repairs? And while it's true, maintenance may take some money, dedication, and hard work, in the long run, you save so much more money than if you didn't do the maintenance. And why is this? Of course, it's because taking care of small problems now, like a dirty filter or a clogged drain, makes it so you don't have the problem worsen over time and develop into a larger issue, like a burned out HVAC motor or a burst pipe. Those bigger problems that tend to crop up after not maintaining a home cost significantly more than a new furnace filter every month or so. Number seven, pest-free home. Pests are not only unsightly and annoying, they can carry diseases that you don't want introduced into your home environment. Pests belong outdoors, not inside or on the exterior of your home. The fewer pests you have feeding or breeding outside your home, the fewer issues you will have inside. Eliminating conditions in your home that appeal to pests will help reduce the attraction that brings them in and prevent damage to your home. So we can easily do that by trimming back trees and removing any debris or garbage surrounding your home that will be attractive to pests. Did you know that there are healthier ways of pest control too? I just heard that a new termite company is using orange oil to get rid of termites without tenting and pumping toxic chemicals into the home. The last listing I had, the homeowners used a green pest control service that was safe for their animals and their, and their kids. And so safe alternatives do exist. And as a real estate professional, we can help share this with our clients. In fact, when I did share all of the healthy features to potential buyers of my last listing, everyone loved it. And I know this is a seller's market, but even though I had priced it on the high side, the home had multiple offers, sold above ask in four days, and at the highest number in the entire neighborhood ever. <laughs> So that's exciting. Number eight is the well-lit home. Poor lighting can make a home feel drab and dark, but why is this important in a healthy home? Well, besides the safety benefits of proper lighting, it can play an important role in influencing our mood and behavior. Insufficient lighting can actually contribute to depression and low energy levels. Adding things like skylights or additional lighting fixtures can brighten up your space immediately. 
And even using things like color psychology to design your space can make it feel more light and bright. While color isn't the same thing as lighting, it certainly can be used alongside lighting to enhance the mood that you are trying to create in a space. And these are types of considerations that you should take when you're educating your clients to design a home for wellness. Have your client ask themselves, what mood do I want to be in when I'm in the kitchen? Light and bright rooms promote energy and socialization, but perhaps in a bedroom, you would want something more calming and subdued that promotes relaxation. There are just so many new studies that talk about circadian rhythms and blue light from all our technology that's affecting sleep right now that it's an important thing that you could be talking about. And like we discussed earlier, lighting is also an important safety consideration. It's important to have outdoor walkways and entrances of your home well lit to prevent accidental injury. Okay, number nine is the energy efficient home. Energy efficiency helps our pocketbooks in the form of reduced electricity, water, and gas bills. And while it also makes our homes more comfortable to live in, being energy efficient also helps the planet by using our resources wisely so we can all feel good about that. So where should your clients start? The easiest thing to do is to change out light bulbs to LED and energy efficient light bulbs. Have them use timers or smart bulbs so the lights don't get left on all night. Have them check their windows and doors for drafts. Replacing the weather stripping is a super inexpensive way to solve that draft issue if they have it. Have them consider upgrading windows if they have single pane windows. They will notice a huge difference in how much more quiet the home will be too. Another easy fix is to use programmable thermostats. And here's something interesting. Is it a myth or fact that eco-friendly products are more expensive than non-eco-friendly products? Myth. Well, that was true for many years. The fact is that costs have come way down in recent years due to increased supply, competition, and technology advancements. And everyone loves learning about new gadgets. So share this with your clients and share with them the simple new and improved ways of saving money and energy. There are so many new options that are just really affordable and control and there are convenient ways to use these systems in your homes, like from climate control, security systems, lighting systems, smart technology. Even you can control your windows and your shades. And um, you can even control your appliances now. Samsung has a new refrigerator that has a smart, uh, smart door. It's got technology in the door that allows you to play music, order your groceries online, and look up recipes and more. It's pretty cool. So use less energy outside your home too by switching over your landscape lighting to LED. My solar guy has so many great tips too, and he, um, I'm gonna have to have him on the show, but his number one way to reduce energy consumption was to check out all the lights and switch them to LED. But he said to be sure that the outdoor lights too are switched because he said that low voltage isn't necessarily low wattage. And if you leave them on all night, you could be draining your pocketbook. So that's really a good tip to share with your audience. Also, you can encourage them to move to more native plants. Having less grass uses less water and promote the use of irrigation timers and drip systems. And of course, you can install solar panels. Having a relationship with some of these eco-friendly vendors in your area is an easy way and a great start to positioning yourself as the wellness expert in your area. And if you know anyone who is thinking of doing a remodel or replacing a roof or siding, they might consider doing a deep energy retrofit at the same time. You can refer the right professional to assess their particular needs, test the pressure of the home, and see where the energy leaks are. That's when the clients can seal up those and insulate and upgrade their HVAC systems and install energy generation systems like solar. They can have huge payoffs like 50 to 90% reduction in energy costs. 
Imagine how happy they will be too, thanks to your help and great advice. Okay, we are on to number 10, wellness features and amenities. Homes that are designed to meet today's healthy lifestyles support our well-being in a variety of ways. Designing a home for wellness contributes to the desire to stay in your home for many years to come because it just feels good. So features and amenities can be quite an interchangeable interchangeable terms, but I like to think of features as the intangible things that make our homes more enjoyable to live in, like site orientation to promote energy efficiency and comfort, or the positioning of trees to promote shade, or having rooms that flow and promote social interaction, like an outdoor living space, um, or spacious master, or an amazing view, because that can be so calming, and that's why so many people feel that a view is so important. Amenities to me are things like um, that you can add to your home for enjoyment, like sports courts or pools, outdoor kitchen, fire pit, hot tubs, saunas, steam rooms, spa, bath amenities, <laughs> and outdoor garden. You get the idea. Even the home maintenance and energy efficient systems we talked about earlier end up being added features and amenities to your home, like new water filtration system or smart home automation. There are just so many ways that you can add um, even furnishings and other accessories to promote wellness, like game tables, furniture layouts that promote conversation, even buying appliances like a Vitamix or juicer. I'm going to be bringing on a color psychology expert to talk about how color influences the subconscious mind and how it can also influence mood and behavior. I also have um, a relationship with a biophilic designer who can discuss ways to bring in more nature into your home design. And also, the wellness architect, Kate Hamlet, can give us advice on how eco-friendly products we, we can use in our remodeling or when we're building a home. So there's definitely going to be a lot of great issues or episodes to come. So just to recap, the focus of a green home is on sustainability and energy efficiency. And the focus of a healthy home is really family well-being and may have some green features too. Um, and a wellness house is simply a healthy home you know, on steroids. It's got a lot of extra wellness features and amenities added in. And the 10 basic principles of a healthy home are clean home, dry home, ventilated home, safe home, toxic-free home, well-maintained home, pest-free home, well-lit home, energy-efficient home, and a home with wellness features and amenities. I hope this brings new awareness and understanding between the differences and overlap of green, healthy, and wellness homes so that you can start to share this information with your audience and start to position yourself as a leader in wellness real estate. So that brings me to the final question in our three-part topic today. We discussed what is wellness real estate, what is a healthy home, and now we'll cover what is a wellness agent. And here again, we can really dive deep into this topic and I will be inviting other agents on the show to share exactly how they're doing business differently. Over the years, I've met agents who are calling themselves regenerative agents, holistic agents, eco-agents, eco-friendly agents, holistic agents, and even mindful agents. And what ties them all together is wellness. Each of these agents have had a serious look at what is important to them personally and using that to influence how they market themselves, what they share on social media, and in their email marketing. And ultimately, it drives their conversations that they have with people. What do you talk about with your audience? Do you pretty much do what 99% of the other agents do? Do you talk about open houses, listings, market updates, and how to get a loan, etc.? Or do you share anything different or unique? Do you share information about yourself and your values? Do you feel that you are wanting to make a difference and have more to give? 
Well, I believe that being a wellness agent is what will help you take your real estate business to the next level. The fact that you are still here listening to this podcast means that you're a forward-thinking agent and that you care about the well-being of your clients. You want to make a difference, but maybe you aren't sure how. That's what my intention is for this podcast. It's to help you sort that out. So stay tuned because next week I have an interview with Kevin Kane from Green Homeowners United. They help homeowners with green mortgages so that they can afford um, and upgrade their energy efficient features in their home at the time that they get the mortgage and roll those upgrades into their mortgage. So did you know that residential real estate is actually one of the largest contributors to excess carbon in the atmosphere? Kevin's going to explain all of that to us. Older homes can be inefficient. And so if we can help homeowners upgrade their homes, we can make a huge difference in the carbon in our atmosphere, which that was surprising to me, but I'm excited to learn more about it. Imagine as a wellness agent, if you knew about these programs that you could guide your clients to save money, love, live more comfortably and reduce carbon emissions. Well, we're going to cover that next week. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you learned something new that will inspire you to think about your branding and how you can market yourself a little differently. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to love what I have for you because you don't need to wait to go get extra certifications or to grow and expand your network to get started attracting those new leads right now. You can simply begin by talking about wellness real estate trends and what you've learned on this podcast with others. I mean, this is pretty interesting stuff that no one has heard about, and I have all the tools that can make it even easier for you. Wellness Real Estate Magazine is a brand new wellness lifestyle magazine, and it's the only magazine that brings health and home together. We educate readers on industry trends and how to create a healthier home environment, written by industry experts around the country. And we have three covers to choose from, Wellness RE, Healthy Home, and Wellness at Home, so you can easily find one that aligns with your unique brand and messaging. These magazines are the perfect done-for-you tools that help you not only stay top of mind, but they educate and engage your audience, which positions you as an industry expert. Differentiate yourself and grow your brand the easy way. Learn more at HealthyHomeMedia.com.